Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. Now those of you who are listening and know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you obviously know that some of the content of that story is, well, not for young ears to hear. So we highly recommend that you listen to it first, and then see if you listen to it around your youngins. I hope you're familiar with the Chili Crew enough that they kept their story as PG as possible. Now, without any further ado, here's the Chili Crew with weighed, measured, and found wanting. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. Right, so let, let's keep reading here. So uh, let me continue with uh, verse 12, because um, th this kind of dives into the next segment of what's going on. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city? Take them out, for we have... Or, I'm sorry, we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws, I'm sorry, son-in-law, who had married his daughters, sounds like one guy married two of his daughters, and said, get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But his son-in-law, he seemed to be joking. His son in law thought he was on, on here right? in, in the in this is, it actually says sons in laws. Sons in law. Yeah, oh my so sons in law. Maybe yeah, I'm reading so it wrong. Yeah, so yeah. it sounds like he's got a couple of daughters out there. Uh, when the morning dawned, and this is where I think it, it's taking some time here, which is, I think is kind of funny. So it seems like they came in in the evening, they were at the house, he's going out, and now the the morning is dawning, and it says, When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men uh, took hold of his hand, his right, I mean, they're yanking him out of here, aren't they? Uh, his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So he came, like, it sounds like he's like, they're like, putting him way out there uh, when they had brought them outside that he said escape for your life do not look back you nor say anywhere in the plain escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed then Lot said to them please no my lords indeed you your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life 
but I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now this city. What? <laughs> what a whiner. <laughs> what a whiner. <laughs> uh, this city is near enough to flee to. Uh, near enough to flee to. It is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this also, in that you will over overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was Zor. And you guys, when we showed that map on the live cast about this, you guys look this up. It, it, the cities were like right next to each other. Uh, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord raised, uh, rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heavens. So he overthrew those cities, cities, multiple cities, uh, all the plains, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Gross. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw, behold, so this is Abraham looking, saw, behold, the smoke of the land which went up like smoke of a furnace, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst. So this is kind of just like an overview. Midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Okay, I know that that was a lot to take in, but there's there's several things here, and I think I, I love that Mike that you like like the moment where he says, and he grabbed his arms and like grabbed his arm and was like taking him out, like dude, you got to go, man. <laughs> you need to get out of here now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do love the eloquency of the the King James on on some of how how it's very eloquent when it goes through this. Because there's a lot of lot of words in which uh, it's just very pointed, and again, that's why I love the eloquence of the King James Bible and how it how it uh, speaks on some of these things in here. Or it talks about um, you were talking about oh, let me escape thither is not a little is is it not a little one you know oh, is it not it, a mean, little city I mean it, it's in it's in parentheses and stuff on or like in in uh quotation type you know parentheses and like yeah, parentheses. like like isn't it isn't it just a little one you know just a small you know and my soul shall live and I just got to go to the little city over here you know and it's just amazing to me you know how God did what he did in this situation. Uh, just, just Is it just wild. me or does it sound like, and you were like, oh, he's such a whiner. Yeah. It, it, does it just me or does it sound like he's not much of a shepherd any longer? Oh, no. no it doesn't sound like, it sounds like he's, he's like he, a, That's a why I said, I, I think he had been, Tom, and I, I want your opinion on this. I think at this point he had, he'd become so calloused to, to the way society in, in the city was that, that he had been, just kind of beaten down you know what i mean he'd been beaten down by all the stuff going on all the things and he he didn't he didn't have one single person listen to him Apparently. not one he didn't have one single person listen not to even him his daughters because they even, married some, these other guys his, and i mean they were in the, city. The, the influence in which he had his wife his daughter the influence in which he had was literally nothing and so i you know i think it'd be, he had just been beaten down so hard 
I, I feel that uh, he's got a bit of a Noah thing going on. Well, Noah preached for years, you know, and nobody listened to him, only his family. You know, and so he's out there preaching. He's known as the judge. He's known as the judge in the area. And so he's always, you know, telling people how they're, they're not doing things right, how this is an evil city. And he doesn't really have any miraculous things to back him up, only his word. And he's not as fun as everybody else. You know, like the whole world around him is doing one thing. Are you saying he's, he's a the stick in the mud? That is saying, listen, this isn't the right way to do things. You know, and then out of the blue, these two guys that he's, he's saving, and they strike him blind, and now he has something miraculous to tell people. So when he goes to tell his family about something that had just happened, they're like, yeah, you're, you're making this up. You know, yeah, so these two guys struck everybody blind. And we have to leave because they're going to destroy the city? Yeah, right, Dad. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, you're, you are getting up there in the years. Well, you know what? I got a thought on that. The difference between him and Noah, Noah's family listened. Noah's family believed and, and did what he was told. Sorry, I, I did read one version once that, that I think it said something like they thought he was drunk, not they thought he was joking. <laughs> So I, I can see that. Go, go ahead, Tom. Just... I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I thought that was interesting. No, it's okay. And I think that even for him, he was taken aback a little bit because he's always been the saved. He's never been the savor. So like when uh, when when he had to be delivered from uh, the the last war when he was a captive, you know Abraham was the one doing that. When he went through Egypt with Abraham, you know. All the all the promises were given to Abraham and not to him. So he was never the, you know, he was never the the instrument. He was he was always the byproduct, right? You know, and so now he's being thrust into that role, and then no one's taking him seriously because it hasn't been there before. Everyone is, you know, everyone around him is going to the city. They're they're being influenced by the the society around him. So um, even his wife was still attracted to the way life was and had that attachment to that life to make her disobey and turn away because they had the same reaction with Sarah um, just a chapter before when they said that you're going to have a baby next year and she was like yeah in her head yeah right I'm old and I'm going to have a kid and he's like um, you laughed why'd you laugh are you saying that this is like a, a, another similar parallel like almost that that the wives of these two men didn't quite have the 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 same uh, zeal, maybe maybe I can say that that maybe their husbands did because I find it interesting. Let's let's talk about this for just a couple minutes. Why was it that his wife was the one that turned around? Was it the fact that she just lost her daughters? Was it the fact that she loved the city? Was it the fact that she just like didn't have the faith to, to deal with what's happening right now? So she absolutely had to turn back. I think it was personally, I, I think it was more of uh, not, not really the daughter's concept, but from my perspective on how this city was. And if you do your research and you learn a little more about the region and what was going on and what the influence of those people would have been, if you think of how her heart was, if her heart was just mourning for her daughters, 
It would have been one thing. I don't believe God would have turned her to a pillar of salt. But because her heart was basically, I believe it was just as wicked as the people inside there. So you're saying her heart think, was in the city. I think God said, you want to be with them? You'd be with them. You'd be with them. And I believe that's that's why he did that. I think it's actually a combination of all of them. Because like you said, uh, like you get so attached to it. I'm sorry, I'm from the city and I miss my three o'clock. I miss my three o'clock in the morning trips to Walmart, walk in there. Right. I miss yeah. it. You're talking right. about like right. the 24 like, hour? Yeah. yeah, the 24 hour mart that does not exist anymore. <laughs> but, and you You're know, so old I, fashioned. Right. <laughs> Or, you know, walking to a nearest store or something like that and having multiple different clothing store choices and all the variety of different things, talking to different people. Okay. I miss a lot of that. I mean, a lot of these, I mean, I get to talk to a lot of people up here, but I mean, it's a totally different atmosphere. Like I said, you got a different culture, different mindset. You have like different mentalities, like one, uh... Instead of one of the bigger ones that I got where um, I got waved at a lot more when I came up here instead of the other wave I got. Yeah, right. right. It, was it the Amish? Yeah. You got a lot the of Amish, Amish waved at you all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Man, but they're, they're but everybody. And I'm like, yeah, hey, how's it going? You <laughs> know, like, wow, that's different. I, I don't really <laughs> don't know who you are or what your vehicle is, but that's weird. I'm normally not getting that kind of wave. So, okay. So I, I think that's I think that's good because... It's it. I mean, I, quite frankly, I find it sad because I mean, think of the, this guy just lost a couple of his family members, yep. everybody he's known in that city, literally all of his wealth. I mean, it's gone. E- even if he had wealth before this, it's gone because everything burned up. But the people that he probably knew didn't like him. I mean, if they're going to call him a judgy person, <laughs> right, right. they probably did not like him. I'm so, just saying. So, so you don't think he's crying over that one? Uh, I, you oh, know, no. family members, I can understand. Right, so it's and his I daughters or whatever that were out there? Yeah, son-in-laws. Maybe they were decent guys or handy. They could use a, a saw or something. They helped me split know. the firewood. When exactly. What I did find interesting in this part of the story was Abraham. I did find that interesting. Oh, that last part that I just read? Uh, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And uh, I have a note in my Bible here, in this Bible that I have. This is one of my older Bibles, and and this is a long time ago. And again, this is a direct influence of what happened in my life. And my note is, do you have a place? And do you have a place where you stood before the Lord? Right. And, and I, off, I always ask myself is, am I, am I thinking about the place where I stood before the Lord and I asked and I begged and I pleaded for something, right. you know, do I have a place where I've That's talked to the answer. Lord with that much, you know, intent and that, that much, you know, relationship do i have that kind of relationship with god where i have a place you know and that's something to think about you got to remember abraham was known as the friend of god yeah so he had a place he had a place that he went to he stood before the lord even jesus jesus it didn't say he had a place but it, it many times it said he went off alone yes he went off alone because that was one thing 
that Jesus, the moment he stepped into his ministry, he that was the one thing he had the biggest problem with, which was being alone with the Lord again. Right. Because he always, there was always, always he was surrounded by people. Right. But that that's great. I think that's perfect because that means that Abraham, um, he had that place. He had that intimacy. Go ahead, Tom. I, I don't think it, I don't think it was that place. I just happened. I think it happened to be a place because it wasn't like his altar. It wasn't his normal go-to spot. It was a spot where he was before the Lord. It was where he s- sat down there and haggled with God. It was that location where he could then look and see Sodom. And how heartbroken do you think Abraham was at that moment? When he knew that he haggled haggled Christ down to ten people, and then he looked up and he saw the smoke and the flames, and and then that reality was like not even ten people. Right. Right, exactly. And he knew. He knew because of that exactly, you know, wow, man, he didn't even reach ten people. You know, and yeah, but I, I think that when it, when I was talking about a place, Tom, I meant like that intimacy, like, like Justice said, or, you know, that, that intimacy with God, that moment when he haggled with God, you don't just haggle with God. Okay. You don't, you don't just, you know, Hey, oh, come on, God, give me a little bit here. Give me a little, unless you have a really good relationship with God. And you, you have that type of relationship there. You don't have a place. You don't have a place you can go back to and go, Hey, I tried God and I had a good hashing out. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I think time's got a point though, because l- let me just reread this and I'll reread it slowly here. <laughs> I mean, I think you guys both have a point, but I think Tom is, uh, there's a little bit more here digging deep. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. I think you're right. I think it was the day before, just like what you're saying. I haggled. I did, I did what I I could, you know, I said what I said. And then, you know, he, he, he went to that place. You know, I, I kind of imagined him walking out of his tent. He went to that place and was like, yeah, I sat down here and ate chicken with the Lord. And he stood up and he turns around and he sees the smoke and goes, Oh, I, I think of it this way too. I think he got up early in the morning. He knew what he knew that the Lord was going to do that in the morning. Well, he knew something was going right. to happen. Now he knew something was going to happen. Yeah. He got up early in the morning and goes, he was in anticipation. Oh, right. 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 Anticipation. Right. He got up early in the morning. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. And then like seeing, seeing like, like see you know? how my haggling has worked. Yeah, with like, the Lord. <laughs> let's see how many people he got. Did he, did he reach 10? Did he reach 10? Right. Did right. He right. Reach right. 10? And then hey, he although I could see oh, that with Abraham, man. I could you know? see that anticipation right. with him because he's he would be like, oh, is, is there at least ten there? Because I'm sh- I'm certain. I mean, can you imagine after haggling with? <laughs> right, right. God, I got it down to ten. Come on, I, I am certain uh. that Abraham <laughs> probably did not have a lot of engagement with the people of Sodom. No, I'm guessing. No, I, that I, he I probably once Lot said, <laughs> "I'm way. going down there." Abraham kept his distance. Yep. Said, "Okay, no, okay." That right, way, there good. was no argument amongst them okay. right right back when he saved lot the last time and he had that that conversation with the, the what's his name it starts with the m that mouthful because it is or whatever <laughs> yeah where he said that he wasn't he wasn't going to take anything from sodom that he didn't want anything there was nothing that he was going to take from that area because it was you know what got it had come it was a uh a covenant that he did with God. 
and I think that he just let it stick. Like, if I wasn't going to take anything then, I'm still not going to take I anything gonna, now. Yeah. Right. So not he didn't touch have him. anything. Amen. Right. That's that's a good point. Okay. I just want to clarify this because it's not making any sense to me. So we had to get up to 10, correct? Well, 10 got, he got down to 10. Yeah, he got down to 10. Right. It was 50, 45, but 40, 30, 20, 10. I only count in his family. I could be wrong. Six. Actually, no, no. not even six. Um, if if he would have actually influenced his family, this is what I believe Abraham was counting on. I, I think the if number he was uh, just, just to, he had, to finish this topic. I think it was three. It would have been him and his probably his two virgin daughters because apparently, like Mike was saying, his wife's heart was probably still back in the city. So God only found quote unquote three. But then he also had the son-in-law, so I figured that was actually they didn't a part come. of They family. never came. So they obviously didn't. I, at least I would assume that they Because well, the angels grabbed the two daughters and Lot and his wife, and they left. But what I'm saying. four, yeah. and it went down to three. Oh, go for it. Yeah, for but it. what I was saying is the fact that if he didn't, like, because I was just thinking, like, in general, because he's going, this is before, you know, he got down to haggling, and he got down to six, uh, like, so he's like, okay, there's six possibilities, and or he lot has a couple daughters that I know of. Maybe send me a postcard or something like that. Before we ever hit Sodom and Gomorrah, Tom said, I think he was haggling it down to ten, because God knew that, or I'm sorry, Abraham knew that Lot influenced so many people before he went. And if his family's at least five, six, or seven, then yeah, we're, he only need God only needs to literally find a couple of people because he inevitably he was trying to save Lot and any of the righteous in that city. Right. So it's it's verses. Go ahead and read it's verses uh, chapter nineteen thirty all the way to the end, which is thirty through thirty eight. Read the whole thing and then we'll just pick right. it apart. So and Lot went up out of Zor, which is ridiculous. I can't believe he did it, and dwelt in the mountain. <laughs> And his two daughters with him, and, and he, for he feared to dwell in Zor, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father and perceived not, and he perceived not she lay down nor when she rose. And it came to pass just, I just got to inter, interject. They really got him. Plastered. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> he had to have been just waste. It was gone. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also and go in thou or go thou in and lie with him and we may preserve seed of our father. And they they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. And the same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name uh, Benami. The same is the father of the children of Amnon unto this day. And I'll tell you right now, this right here is one of those situations where I ask people, is, is it better 
to take a person out if you think they're going to be an evil person in the end? Or should you let them live and make their own choice? That's a rough question. Because we have that we have people in the world that think, oh, you know, this person's going to grow up to be a murderer. Let's take them out now. But that's the problem with us. We don't have that ability to that look foresight. into somebody's hearts. Yeah. That's the problem. That's our, like, we don't have that. So my thought is, even though God could have, ha- has foresight. Right. He still. Perfect foresight. Said, I'm going to let this happen because my friend asked me. Yep, to take care of Lot. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know this, it, it sounds, we, and I know, like, let me hit this phrase up, up top here, guys, where it says, and there, um, our father is old, and there is no man on the <laughs> earth. Okay, let's stop right there. I died laughing when I read that. Let's stop right there. <laughs> first time this, I read that, I was like, Because wow. I've, I've heard that this is a, like, an, a discrepancy in scripture. Now, hold on. Time out. No. Number one. It's a little girl telling this. Okay, so she's like, what, 17 years old, 16 years old. I mean, she could have been a little older, but I doubt it. It it doesn't matter. She's saying this. And number two, they just saw all of Sodom and Gomorrah literally burn with the flame of sulfur, which burns very hot. Yes. And the entire city was literally baked to ash overnight. All of it gone. And they left Zoar because they were afraid of it. And Zoar was burned up also. Later on, it, the whole, all of the cities were burned up. You go there today, which, by the way, we didn't hit this up uh, in, the, in the podcast. If you go to the Dead Sea today, and you guys look it up. Just, just go on any search engine and look up the Dead Sea and see what's there. Yeah. And, or if you, if you, even if you just Google the location of Sodom and Gomorrah, you'll find it. If you guys look up, uh, he, he actually went there. I can't remember his name right now. He, oh, Ryan Wyatt. His, he actually died in 99. Great guy. Look, Just look up the name Ron Wyatt. He videotaped the whole thing out there. You can see the walls. You can see the sulfur balls that came down. Like the sulfur balls literally rained on fire down onto the city. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's a, that's a tor- terrible way to go. But you got to just hold on a second. They would have burned up so fast. Those, those, the city walls were made of stone and such. They baked to ash. It, it burned that much. It didn't just turn into molten rock. It baked so hard. It baked it to ash. Uh, and that's all that's left out there today. Sulfur balls and ash and sand yeah. is all around the Dead Sea. <laughs> that's it. I, I mean, that's why the Dead Sea is called the Dead, Dead Sea. There's sea. nothing there. Um, so <laughs> I'm just saying, this girl is saying this. There's no man left on the face of the earth. Obviously, there are. But they're living in a cave up in the mountains. And they just witnessed the, the only cities that these girls ever knew burned up in a flash in, in like a day or so. And they're probably looking outside their cave and it's still smoldering. I mean, it probably, <laughs> right? honestly, if truth be told, it was probably smoldering for, for years, years after that. I guarantee yeah, I, that it, the but, amount of, yeah, right. It would just, I'm just saying so what these girls did. Darkness and, too, then. What was that? The sky will turn to darkness. Oh, it would have. Yeah. There would have been smoke in the sky for quite a long time. Like, okay, let's, let, let me give you an example of a, of a, when, when Mount St. When the top of Mount St. Helen, thank you. Yep. When the top of Mount St. Helen blew, there was ash, ash that rained down in New York. Mount, Mount St. Helen in New York, they're hit, on hit different Stratosphere. ends of this country, guys. Washington and that's how State. bad it was. What was that? Washington State. 
versus New York. New, versus New York, right. Like I'm just saying a disaster like that is going to make an impact on the entire area, right? So what well, they did, the though. wildfires and how it affects us over here. What was that? California to Michigan. Yes. Right. Exactly. And, no, that's a, and that's a good point. Exactly. I'm just saying. No, that would have been these, the same concept. These girls are 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 standing there and they're just saying are, are sitting there and they're going oh man it's the end of the world like there's literally no man left because that's all they see it's all this destruction they think it's gone they, right they think everything is gone we're the only ones left we're the only ones left we got to repopulate the world yeah and i'm well, just saying so like you know, don't, don't again, think for a moment that and, this and is and like some kind of discrepancy there's the noah effect that tom's been looking for <laughs> so instead no, of uh, that's actually more aunt sarah <laughs> aunt sarah Oh man! Wow! Great Aunt Sarah. Great Aunt Sarah. Pulling the carrot yep. card. I know oh, God said that you were going to repopulate, but it's not with me. So take my servant. Yes, right, right, right. right. Force God. Right. And for those of you who don't know, like if you, if you, and we're we're obviously going to hit this up later on in like Exodus and and uh, yes. Joseph, jo- Joseph and stuff like that. Everything that happened with Joseph, um, or Joshua. I'm sorry. If you look at, it says the father of the Moabites. I'm going to tell you right now, the Moabites caused Israel a lot of trouble. They pulled Israel into like child sacrifice and they also fought Israel so many times. Well, and the Ammons, which was A-M-M-O-N, those are the Ammonites. Yep. And they fought Israel for years and years and years. Till all the the ites were destroyed. All the ites, right. And and I'm just saying... (laughs) When we, when, when you guys look at, and this is later on in scripture, when you look at Exodus, when they were fighting these people, you realize they were actually all cousins. When they went out and, and Joshua, they crossed the, the, the Red Sea, or no, what was it? When they crossed over um, the Jordan, thank you. When they crossed over the Jordan and they, they were taking the land of Canaan back that was rightfully theirs to begin right. with. And all these people they were attacking, those were all their family. Yeah, they were their family members, all and yep. all those ites, if you will, are all they all came from an inappropriate lineage. And this, I'm just I'm emphasizing this, they all came from either Ishmael, or they came from uh, Esau, or they came from these two daughters and Lot. Like they are all cousins or so uncles and aunts. Like they're all related. Here's the thing that I I definitely want to point out that every time that Israel dealt with the situation like with these guys all the problems that these people had stemmed from their upbringing the two daughters lived in Sodom and Gomorrah yes they did they were not influenced by their father to go the right path obviously okay because they got him drunk and did stupid stuff okay Obviously, they were influenced by the place in which they were living. Now, to apply that to us, I think it's a big deal who you make your friends and who you hang around with and who you let influence you. you because that is going to have an impact on you, whether you know it or not. Right. It will have an impact on you. Now, uh, I, I just want to like th- <laughs> think about this. I know this is a little bit off topic. But uh, so, like you guys said, black to the sky, the sulfur's going to give off that sm- the smell. You're not going to want to go outside. There's still probably a lot of heat. So if you did have the wine, 
and you're old enough. Your wife just died. You've seen a whole city destroyed. I can understand why Lot drank a lot. Oh, so you're saying it may not have been that hard to get their father drunk? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like. I could see it going, you know, you just seen a whole city destroyed. And That's a good point because like, we're, we're thinking, oh, man, he must have been plastered. Well, maybe well, he, he was, was plastered, plastered often. But it yeah. might have been, well, I don't know if it was often. It might have been easier. It, it might have been that. easier for them to influence him to do it because it says they they made him drink wine. Right. So right. that's, and get that's drunk. you know, yeah, that that's pretty, you know, cut and dry in that respect. Okay, so how about we we start uh, cashing this in? If you guys had any final remarks of the entire story of this whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, what? How could you guys sum this whole thing up? Well, I wanted to point out um, the you, you talking about how uh, Esau and the Amorites and the Moabites. Do you realize that they all, you know, even with uh, Ishmael? They all had a skewed perspective of God. You know, they, uh, you know, they they followed their dad, who delivered, you know, his righteousness, and they followed him out there. But yet, all their entire way of living, following God, got their their whole world destroyed. So now they see a vengeful God. You see, Esau, looking at life, was dealt to him unfairly at first. Even though he uh, he was okay with it, you know, so all of his descendants feel that they got the short end of the stick. So, yeah, they have a, a really skewed perspective of God as well, you know. And then Ishmael, he's 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 supposed to be Abraham's son and, and be the the prize kid, and you know now he is, you know, he told his God told his mom he's going to be a, a wild donkey, you know. So these are the the, the stories that they're told growing up. You know, so they they start out with bad bad data, that whole garbage in garbage out kind of thing, and it and it spurred the whole nation. I think I think that is a wonderful point. That that is a great great point. Go, go ahead, Sully, wrap this up, man. Well, I like your concept, but I would go and sum that up into the uh, fruit of the poisonous tree. You can't have anything good from something that comes out po- come from poison. Um, but Sodom and Gomorrah destruction, I can see why they did it. I can see why, you know, I can see why he did it. I can see like the falling, the straight, just disarray, even from being in a city like that. And it's just, this is an eye opener. I can tell you that much. I think that we need to take heart of Lot's decisions and Abraham's decisions in this whole situation and think about how our families are going to pay attention to what we do, not just what we say, but what we actually do, how we respond to situations and trials and problems and pay attention to those things because if we don't then we're going to have the ending of what lot did and if we don't rectify our decisions and 
actually try to keep following God's lead and repent where you need to repent and get back to God and make sure you're doing it the right way and make those right decisions. If you don't do that, you, you will have the bad ending because it's it's been proven over and over and over and over again. And I think uh, that's one of the biggest things I see in the Bible is God does the same, shows you the same repetitive things over and over again to help you understand, hey, hello, don't do this. You know, don't don't go this route. It's it no matter which way you look at it, no matter which way you take it, if you don't do it my way, it's going to end up bad. And he's trying to illustrate to us the different ways in which man has gone about trying to do it their own way. And when they do it, it falls apart and it just goes we fall bad. On our face, don't we? And yeah, and, and it's we need to pay attention to the warnings and to the judgments and to the things that have happened and take it to heart and and make sure that we do that inward because this whole thing is all about a relationship. That's what this whole thing's all about. It's all about a relationship. And if we don't have that relationship with God, Abraham was a friend of God. Did he make mistakes? All the time. Did he repent? All the time. Okay. David. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> David had the heart of God. He, he was, he, you know, and God loved David. Did David make mistakes? All the time. Did David repent? All the time. Okay. It was, it's repetitive. In the Bible, it's repetitive. Can God use broken people? Yes. Why? How do we know? Because he's done it all the time. He doesn't use perfect people. There isn't any perfect people. There is no perfect preacher. There is no perfect church. Well, at least there was one until I joined it. Um, there's there's no perfect place, you know, that we can go, oh yeah, yeah, that person's, you know, they're the they're the epitome of God on earth. No. That was Jesus, and he's not here right now. So it, it you we can't. We, we can't look at people and go, oh, yeah, they're perfect. No, don't follow man, follow God. That's this whole thing is all based on that. And we really need to grasp a hold of that and say, this is what we need to do. Great. With, uh, with this whole story, I think when, when we look at this whole story, there's one thing that, that quite frankly, really shines out. And that is there, God is always trying to open another door for us to get out. And I don't just mean that for Lot, but I mean just in general, God was not trying to just come in and destroy a city. Like we, we just we just got done doing a, a live cast a little earlier. And the, the title of the live cast was The Gospel in Judgment. And that's the thing, is, is when it comes to judgment, and, and by the way, Scripture later on in Scripture, it talks about how the example of what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah is a perfect example of what the end judgment is going to be like. And when it, when it, when it comes to that, there is a way out. We do not have to partake of that. And a, a, a partake of the negative side of the judgment because God is in, invariably not trying to destroy a city. He was not trying to destroy a city. He was not trying to destroy people. He was trying to destroy the sin that these people were partaking in the world. And unfortunately, those people, they were so intertwined in that sin 
they recognize that their character in who they are was that sin. And so God had to destroy it. And Lot and his family, I mean, they got out by the skin of their teeth, man. I mean, it, they were walking <laughs> out and boom, it was coming down. Yep. And that's the hope. There, There is a hope in this judgment that, number one, you don't have to be a part of it. Number two, your family members doesn't have to be a part of it. And number three, your friends don't have to be a part of it. You have this ability to share this with other people to say, you know, Lot, obviously, he took that initiative at the end. Hey, hey, daughter, come on, come with me. Now, they didn't listen, and that's going to happen. Hey, virgin daughters that live with me, you come with me. They all left. So I think that hope is what we need to we need to stand forward with this. That judgment is a, it, it, believe it or not, in the end, it will be a good thing. It will be the end of sin, and God will have finally eradicated this rebellion that Satan started in heaven. And that is, a, it, it is a beautiful and probably, and the saddest thing on the planet at the same time that this, this, this world has ever experienced. So uh, without any further ado, everyone, we love you. Uh, we thank you. Now, I know this this has been a very multi-part, uh, very large topic that we've covered, but we wanted to make sure we did it justice. So uh, without any further ado, this is Justin. This is Sully. This has been Mike. And this is Tom. We love you guys, and we hope to see you soon. Now, if you like what you heard, you can find the Chili Crew on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You can also find them anywhere that podcasts can be downloaded. We may not say this enough, but we appreciate every single one of you that listens to us. We love you, and may the Lord bless you.